They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Slammy Award winner, uh, Ron Pasher. Oh, that, that's correct. Yeah, uh, I'm here with. Mr. Sexy Punicana, C. Kane Joe Rodermel. Love the people. <laughs> Feel the um, people. Yeah, I'm here once again with the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bangor, Maine, right up until someone downloads our show from Maine. Uh, we are here to review Fastlane. So that happened. Uh, I guess we're going to give our ratings. Uh, Alo, do you want to refresh the listeners' memories of our rating system? It was a horrible show. It's a job if you fall somewhere in the middle. It's a slobber knocker, but it's an amazing show. It's a showstopper. So, Joey, what would you rate this show? Well, based off the finish, I'd probably go jobber. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Alo? All right. Fast lane. So... I wish we could have just went in the passing lane uh-huh. in this situation. Because um, my rating was pending on what they did on Raw. There's a lot of things I didn't think really should have happened on Fastlane. And I was looking to get answers on why it happened at Fastlane on Raw, but I didn't get that. So I'm going to give it a low slobber knocker, but the in ring was fine. But my problem with these very specific pay per views, they don't. Like, SmackDown is always a more exciting show. But Raw just drags, as we always say. Mm-hmm. And when Raw has a pay-per-view, they seem to just drag as well. Drag as well. They don't feel like feel feel special. They feel like Raw on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah, I'm Sunday Night Raw. Yeah, Sunday Night Raw. <laughs> so did this pay-per-view take a Trump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our new rating, <laughs> based on the words of Vince McMahon, all the way back in 2007. I guess your lowest rating is a show taking a Trump. <laughs> so. I was going to give this one a jobber until Joey reminded me of that. And I will say this show took a trump. <laughs> uh, obviously, everyone is aware of my feelings on Goldberg at this point. I couldn't be much more clear. Um, I, I don't even really know what to say. I know everybody's been waiting for my reaction since the match ended. There were so many different things they could have done here. They could have had Jericho actually get involved in the match. They could have had Kevin Owens' new buddy, uh, Samoa Joe, get involved in the match. Um, they played up the storyline idea of Kevin Owens saying, all I have to do is last for a couple minutes, and you won't be able to hang with me anymore. We could have seen that story unfold. Uh, any number of things could have happened. I even said to our most recent unsanctioned guest, Dan Johnson, who's a big Goldberg fan, I said, I will give credit if they let this thing go seven or eight minutes if Goldberg can put on a decent match. But instead... They didn't do that. We get 22 seconds. Uh, the guy comes in, hits a spear, hits a jackhammer. Jackhammer! It. So <laughs> well, he's 50 he, years old. Even worse, they had Kevin Owens dancing outside the ring and kind of delaying the start, which kind of made sense if it was a match, but to have it finish the way it did after that, it's just befuddling. I, I just don't... Now, I get it if he's helping ratings or whatever. I don't know that he is because every week I see those ratings, they're in the low three millions, high two millions. It's not like their ratings have been soaring. It's not like a super spike of any sort. No. Um, I just feel like you have John Cena 
and the rest of the guys. And it's been that way for a long time. And to me, what they did on Sunday to Kevin Owens is why there's John Cena and the rest of the guys. There's a reason why you have to bring Brock Lesnar back, why you have to bring a guy like Goldberg or bring a guy like Batista or bring a guy like The Rock, because you're not allowing the new guys to get to that point. You're always holding them behind the guys who used to be there. When the guys go out, the previous guys should go out losing to the new guys, so then the new guys are elevated to that position. Unfortunately, they're so attached to the previous guys. They're living in the past. Yeah, and the, the, the guys for the future never get to where they need to go. Like, you can't, you're not going to be able to bring Goldberg back forever. Like, in 15 years, John Cena is going to be in his 50s. Are you still going to be relying on him? Like, who's going to be next? Not to take a pun from Goldberg. But I, I don't understand why... And here's the other thing. If Goldberg is getting eyes on your product, shouldn't you be using that to show them, hey, this other guy's worth watching? Do you think anybody who doesn't watch Raw every week saw Kevin Owens and thought, oh, I want to watch for this guy? No, he just looks like a, like a, 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 a bum. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot wrong. Not even just that factor. But like I said, part of any good pay-per-view or any good show is the main event for that specific pay-per-view is to have a quality match. Not just go out there and have title change hands. This was essentially what they did. Yeah, I, I still think one, Goldberg versus Brock, which was booked before this pay-per-view even happened. It's not like Brock won the Rumble and it was like, oh, let's put the title on Goldberg so that ends up being the match Brock has. They were already in a match. If people were going to tune in to see Goldberg and Brock, they are going to tune in to see Goldberg and Brock whether a title was on the line. Like, does anybody who doesn't watch every week care at all about the Universal Championship? No. Do you think these people even know what the Universal Championship is? To them, it's probably still the, you know, intergalactic Milky Way Championship <laughs> that Daniel Bryan used to talk about. So it's not like that title is adding any more prestige to this. And honestly, what, what have they done with Goldberg? You're, you're going to talk about this amazing title run Goldberg's had to get to this Universal t- He hasn't wrestled a full match. He hasn't wrestled one match since he's been back. Yeah, and he, I don't know what he's going to do at WrestleMania. <laughs> but then my other thing is, you, you have the best story being told in the company, which is Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, which you could have told that story, paid off that story at WrestleMania for your biggest championship. Now, I think it's good that it's ultimately going to be for the U.S. championship, and that may be good for that title, but I feel like now you're placing the better story behind something that I would guess most people probably don't care all that much about. I don't know. I I don't see what the upside is. I don't get Goldberg. It's not like Goldberg was like a made guy from WWF slash WWE. He's a WCW guy who was never good then. He's still not good now. And then we get him coming out on Raw, cutting promos. He's never been able to do that, and he still can't do that. So to me, you're putting a guy in a prominent position who doesn't deserve to be there. And Bill... Uh, I tweeted you back, <laughs> what, three, four months ago when you were talking to all kinds of crap on CM Punk for taking a main card spot on the UFC, saying he just took his spot away from guys who work hard at this, who've been doing it longer than him. I said, so does that mean I'll never have to see you on a WrestleMania card? You said no. Now you're going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. So you're a hypocrite. Uh, I think Punk is better at UFC than you are at wrestling. So that I'm done talking about about Bill. Vintage Pash. <laughs>
Madness. <laughs> I love you call him Bill. <laughs> I love that. Well, um, you said a lot, and um, you took a lot of words in my mouth, but this, like, the Universal title match, I thought we were going to get something like this, because Owens kept, this, this, this goes back to my point of unanswered stories and things they could have done differently, and things we didn't get answers to on Fastlane. They said, go, um, Owens powdering before the match started. He's like, okay, maybe he's going to, maybe that's going to set up um, the Triple H thing to come, come to fruition with the Samoa Joe. That didn't happen. We 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 got Jericho. We know we're gonna get an inclusion from Jericho somewhere throughout, somewhere somehow throughout the night, if not at Fastlane on mm-hmm. Raw. So we got Jericho come down, and then remember I said a few weeks ago that how better are you gonna make Brock Lesnar look? I mean, Brock Lesnar look if this match lasts longer than eighty six seconds? It lasted twenty seconds. Yeah. So as stupid as that sounds, they still made Brock Lesnar look strong. Lasting 86 seconds and your own champion lasting 20 seconds. What does it say about your whole roster when a guy who hasn't done this in 13 years or whatever it is, 12 years, is just dismantling your top guys in less than two minutes? Well, here's the spirit of Jackhammer. (laughs) Yeah, he's got two moves. And not to mention, if anybody is excited about this, I hope I don't ever hear these people talking about Roman Reigns not being able to wrestle or John Cena not being able to wrestle. It's kind of hypocritical. Yeah. Uh, Joey, I mean, I know you're not happy about it. Of course not. Do you think we get an actual match that lasts longer than three minutes between these two at WrestleMania? At WrestleMania, I think we have to. I mean... Do we? (laughs) I know. It sounds stupid to say that after the product we've been, like, force-fed the last couple shows with these two, but we have to. Because this is the main event, this is WrestleMania, and these are, I don't know. I think we have to. That's all I could say. Yeah. Hey, Lo, anything else you got to say about Goldberg from the pay-per-view? No. I mean, um, I guess it's kind of vindictive, or I shouldn't say vindictive, it kind of vindicates CM Punk for leaving the company, because, I mean, we're in Chicago the next day, cheering Punk on, he left the company because you got these one-timers coming in and getting the titles like this. Yeah. And they're busting their balls, hurt, not getting the physical treatment, the medical treatment they should get. And these guys just walk in, take the title, do what they want. And this guy walked in and won the Universal title wrestling a total of probably a minute. Yeah, how many? A minute, and, yeah, a minute, six seconds. How many 20, 25, 30-minute matches is Kevin Owens wrestling? Has he wrestled in? either NXT or on Raw or on pay-per-views or at house shows, and this guy's done 90 seconds, or what, two minutes of work. Less than two. It's literally over a minute. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Bill, if you really want to be a superhero for the kids, be a man of your word. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Um, so we'll get to the next match. This was the first match on the card. Same you, as you Smoke Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to get to this one because these things all tied in okay. together. So, Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe, about exactly what you come to expect from these two guys. I thought a good match. Yeah, match was fun. Sami Zayn going out of Sami Zayn fashion, passing mm-hmm. out. Out cold to the Kikina Clutch. Uh, I think we all kind of saw that coming. Yeah, no surprise. Yeah, so, on Raw. I mean, I don't want to see Sami Zayn squash at the, at, the, at the hands of Joe, but... No, but that's kind of what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they still need to build Joe on the roster. Yep. And Sami Zayn happens to be the guy to do it. So, you mentioned fans chanting for CM Punk on Raw. 
And typically over the last few years, I have hated that. I've said, guys, there's other people in the ring now. He's not there. He's not coming back. Stop chanting this guy's name. I was never more happy to hear that chant than it was being said while Bill was in the ring <laughs> trying to cut his promo. First thing in my notes, you started to chant. Yeah. You were there. First <laughs> yeah. thing in my notes. I was, I was via satellite to Chicago like Triple H was in his interview. Can we finally get that chant? Huh? Can we get that chant now on Goldberg? Yeah, I was like, let's do it. Come on, guys, cue it up now. That's basically what happened. Um, he says he's about to, to say some things he's never said before. I had no idea where that was going. Um, Heyman comes out, brings out Brock. Heyman calls him Brock's bitch. Bill gets F5'd by Brock, which I thought was nice to see. How much you got paid for I wonder how much you got paid to take that bump. Probably a lot. He and he never dropped. The, he held the title. I know, it's so time. funny. It's so weird. He looked so uncomfortable taking the bump. He forgot how. Yeah, I guess he did. He doesn't have to. No, he just goes in the ring and wins. Yeah. Um, that's all I think we have to talk about. That I don't think there's too much else to talk about it. But Jericho opened the show, uh, kind of saying why he did it because Owens put the knife in my back and he twisted it in, man. Um, <laughs> Says he betrayed me. Uh, I should have known better. Sami Zayn was right. He calls Owens out. Owens saying I didn't. I didn't betray my best friend because you were never my best friend. You were just a tool. For I me used to you. Title. Yeah. I need someone who was gullible enough and well versed enough to do the things I needed to get done. Yeah, and he said basically I knew you had outlived your usefulness when you accepted the match with Goldberg on my behalf. So I knew I needed to get rid of you. Um, he says he wants a match for his U.S. title. As much as I'm mad about what they're doing with the Universal title, I'm very happy about what's happening with the U.S. title, though. Do you feel the same way, Ayla, or do you still feel like this should have been for the Universal title? This should have been for the Universal title because the U.S., because the U.S., the United States title is still essentially nothing. And even though the Universal title was nothing, that was the focal point of their friendship. It was about how Jericho kept, kept on... Helping him re- retain the, the universal title, and I think Jericho. That's a, these two. These two deserve it. They deserve it. That was Jericho's thing. He was adamant about having a match at WrestleMania for the universal title, no matter what. We'll still be the universal champion. Mm-hmm. He was adamant about it. Now you're going back to the United States title, which hasn't mattered in the longest time. I, I honestly think that that Joe Zay match should have been for you for the, for the United States title because so because so it actually kind of means something, mm-hmm. but. Now it's just like, okay, so I lost the Universal title, so now I want your U.S. title when we all know the U.S. The US title is beneath the United States title. Yeah. Joe, your thoughts on this being for the U.S. title? Um, I don't mind it. Uh, ultimately, I would have loved to have been for the Universal title because contrary to the fact we're sitting where we're at with Goldberg wearing it, but I don't mind it being for the U.S. title because, like you said, it kind of builds the story the way it happened. He kept the Universal title because of Jericho, and he essentially lost it because of Jericho. So Jericho affected that situation, and it builds more heat into that storyline and builds up another title, or builds up one title at least. Yeah, we got a match with Zayn versus Owens. Again, they were supposed to be done, but now this is their second match in, what, the last three weeks? See, another thing on Raw, like, like when Joe came down, like, that got my attention because... Mm -hmm. Another thing, my problem with Fastlane for a while, I gave it a pending rating at the time, mm-hmm. depending on how raw it was, because we didn't really get answers to this. It's like, 
With the Triple H said to you when you pull you to the side, we don't know what he said. He said that when I won the Universal title, Triple H told me that I have to do anything to keep it. So I had to find the most gullible person. So he found Chris Jericho. But we don't even know what oh, Triple H said. Unless they forgot about that again, but they know yeah. they, they still carry that whole, that whole Joe mm-hmm. thing. And I was interested to see what that with the um the Joe and Owens thing when um Zayn and Jericho were fighting them up. I thought we were gonna get a tag team match. But yet again, we get Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn again for the millionth time and a million for the nine hundred for a, for another time, it means nothing. Because what is it? What is it? Like I got excited because like, okay, maybe maybe we can get. Um, well, I know we got we got we can get maybe Jericho and Joe. Um, right, well we got Jericho and Joe, or maybe Owens in a tag. But we got the same thing we used to see all the time. And then and it was a bad version of it. Yeah, because yeah. like it's like okay, the same thing loses again. The match means nothing. They got my attention, but it's like it didn't lead to anything special or something new. And we'll get to a lot of things that were new. And got our, like kept our attention, but this was the same thing, and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, we got Joe and Jericho as well. Joe wins via countout after the Kikina clutch on the outside, which that I actually liked that finish for the match mm-hmm. um, because it just showed a lot of dominance from Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa Joe dominant and keeps Jericho kind of clean. Um, and no Stephanie or Foley in opening segment, which I thought was a nice touch. It is a nice touch. Uh, we still did get them. But a commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything anybody wants to say about any of that? Or do you want to move on to the women? Do, I, do we have to move on to the women? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing really. They're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bailey beat Charlotte at Fastlane, broke her pay per view streak, which felt way less significant to me than I felt like it should have. Yeah. Um, Sasha beat Naya. First time Nia's lost, I believe, like a clean match. The only match I think she lost was when Sasha distracted her against Bailey. That didn't feel as significant as I felt like it should have either. Uh, the one thing I did like Sasha on Talking Raw afterwards, or whatever the heck that show is called. Talking Raw. Raw Talk. Raw I, think, talk. I think you just okay. made up your own I show. I did. Because um, I don't typically watch it. But I do know Sasha said, you know, I beat Nia like I beat everybody else, and now she is like most girls. I thought that was a good line. Um, but yeah, it, the the two women's matches I feel like didn't quite hit the mark that they usually hit. No, um, it's under underwhelming. Yeah, but Bailey says to Mick Foley that she's uncomfortable with how she beat Charlotte. Sasha comes out say, "Let's do me and you at WrestleMania," kind of like old times. Charlotte says Sasha's manipulating Bailey. Uh, she only wanted Bailey to win because she knew she wouldn't get another title shot against her. Um, Steph comes out, says if Sasha beats Bailey tonight, we get a triple threat at WrestleMania. I thought this was an underwhelming Sasha Bailey match, probably the the least good match we've seen the two of them have in a while. Uh, I, I and it feels like it should have felt significant, but it didn't. And am, am I just missing something that? Because I love the women's division. I love all of the all three of them. But I just don't feel like anything is landing right now. And you should be excited for a triple threat, but it kind of the way they built it wasn't right. Yeah, is there anything I'm missing? No, you're not missing anything. Because, like, this this is another problem I have with Fastlane. Like, Sasha won. Well, well Sasha beat Nia Jax. Okay, but she, she rolled her up, which made sense in that, in that situation. But then in the women's title match... Um, Charlotte sends Dana Brooke to the back, and then what business does Sasha Banks have out there? <laughs> like, for, like, like, 
Really? And that was like, I was, and then on Raw Talk, they were all so happy and all buddy-buddy. Sasha Banks on this high horse, how she just beat Nia Jax, which she should be, because she beat Nia Jax, mm-hmm. the, the biggest woman in the division. Nobody could could really beat beat her. She, she rolled her up, but she still won the match. And then, the and then like I said, they're all buddy-buddy. Even King Tease, he's like, I don't buy this this friendship, because... These women, women backstage, they usually turn, turn, turn each other, hate each other. And then on Raw, Bailey comes out because I guess she got a change of heart. How she feels guilty about about Sasha help about Sasha helping her. And the Stephanie McMahon owned the crowd, just destroyed the mm-hmm. moment of CM Punk chant. <laughs> I love, I love your that. losers, just like him. Yeah, I, I love that. That's act. like her biggest strength, I think, as a performer. Is. Yeah. The crowd never throws her off, and she always kind of one ups. She crowd. knows where she's going. With she her. does. Yeah, and then. Like, I like the fact that she has, like, a woman to actually kind of, like, stand up to her. Sa- Sasha, like, they they have their, like, their moments. So similar, like, similar to AJ Lee, because Stephanie doesn't really have anybody to actually, like, kind of get up in her face. But Sasha seems to get up in Stephanie's face. She still belittles Foley, but Foley, but you know Foley, how Foley, Foley's, like, the most endearing person in the world. He's not going to talk back to Stephanie. So, when it comes when it comes to that... It's like okay, we may actually have something here in the women in the women's division, and then she, she makes this match with Bailey and Sasha, which I didn't mind because you at this point you have to do something different. You have to because if you don't, you're gonna just have Sasha face Charlotte again, or you're gonna have Sasha face Dana Brooke again. Are you gonna see Bailey versus Dana? You're gonna see the same things. You're not gonna see nothing new. So I don't mind them doing that, but at the same time, that match didn't even mean anything. Well it, well, it meant something, but it was like real underwhelming. It's like, okay. And second of all, these these two shouldn't even even touch. Yeah. Sit- uh, that and maybe that's why what I felt like you're you're throwing the two of them together in a spot where they don't need to be for no real reason. I mean, I know they're fighting for a reason, but I feel like that should have been saved for something more significant. Um, yeah, and um, another, another thing, there was a shot at um. There was a shot at um, Fastlane where Sasha was um, celebrating with Bailey in the ring, and then there was a shot where Sasha t- Sasha was like, clapping, like she kind of got a straight face, and Bailey's going to WrestleMania and turns it back. I thought that was where she was going to turn turn on her because that was a perfect camera yeah. angle. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe we're going to get something there, but we got nothing. And then on Raw, Sasha wins the match because she makes Bailey tap out, think thanks to Charlotte. So now we got a triple threat as of now. But then where's Nia Jax? Nia Jax has been claiming for the longest time and she's gonna be the she's gonna get her title shot. Yeah, we're waiting for the Sasha Hill turn still. We've been talking about it for at least three weeks, if not four. Um and yeah, Nia Jax, where does she end up? Is she just out of this thing? Will they fi- have find a way to get her in it? Yeah, well I think Stephanie will because Stephanie quote unquote hates Sasha Banks and, and Bailey because she's been basically throwing obstacles in their directions for the past month. And back to the, going back to the Sasha Bailey thing, they shouldn't because like that's like the only thing you haven't done yet, and you've been saving it for something special, and you have to do it on Raw, and it basically means nothing because you need because you need something to put on TV. So that's something, that's something different. I did like how so- Stephanie tried to turn against Wayne, other which made which did make sense. Yeah, that at least made sense. Uh, we're bidding farewell to Mr. Sexy Punakana. See, Kane Joe Rodermill has to run. Uh, so it will just be a two-man power trip for the rest of the way here. Uh, I guess we could also bid farewell to the women's division for the rest of the show. Bye. <laughs> um, Roman and Braun. For me, high point of Fastlane. I loved this match. 
I wanted to see Stroman have a good performance against Reigns. I thought he did. I thought he did what he needed to do. I thought this elevated Braun, um, even in losing to Roman. I thought maybe the the loss to, to Roman was a little too easy, but he's Roman Reigns. He's typically going to win. I thought this match was good. Did you do you agree? Did you not like it as much as I did? Yeah, I think the match, I think the match was good. It wasn't my match of the night, but I think it was a good match because I mentioned last week that it was kind of the whole um, Andre, Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan thing, the super mm-hmm. the superhero overcoming the overcoming the villain. Braun Strowman was basically that villain, basically mm-hmm. an only old school booking match, and that's, and that's exactly what Roman Reigns did. He couldn't he. He got his offense in on Strowman, but it wasn't really effective Effective most of the time. Strowman actually tried to, like that whole splash spot, the fact that he actually got to the top rope and jumped off the top rope, I thought was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said. Got a lot of height. Yeah, yeah, a lot of height on that frog splash. So, what, what, oh, we call Almost it? a six-star frog splash? Seven. Seven-star Seven star frog splash. <laughs> so... I think the match was good. Strowman, he, he's impressed us every single every single week. But then on Raw, what follow up is there? <laughs> yeah. To it, like you throw him out there at eleven o'clock. It's like okay, I'm gonna call these guys. I'm gonna call Roman Reigns, and then the Undertaker comes out, and he run away from the Undertaker, and then I'm like, okay, where so where's Roman gonna play into this? Because it doesn't make any sense for Universe here. It's like you just lost. Because I, mean, I also mentioned for the past few weeks that the winner of this match is going to be the Undertaker. Yeah. So it wasn't only me that thought that segment on Raw was weird. That Strowman comes out, calls out Roman. Roman's music hits for a second. And then the Undertaker's gong hits. Then he comes out. Braun just kind of walks away. And then Roman comes out and says, like, sorry, buddy, it's my yard now. They both look at the WrestleMania sign. Undertaker hits the choke slam. I like the choke slam at the end. But yeah, I, I didn't quite get what was what I was supposed to take from that. Yeah. Am I supposed to take that Braun was afraid of the Undertaker? Am I supposed to take that Braun maybe knew Taker was only coming out there for Roman? I have no idea what to think of it. Yeah, neither do I. Maybe they'll have a match like to determine who's going to face the Undertaker. Maybe Braun's like so fully he wants to face the Undertaker, and Roman may say it as well. Or else, or else. So he, <laughs> we we don't know. So, but then again, if you do that, then if Braun loses, he's going to lose twice to Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. and it takes. And the more he, the more Braun loses these bigger matches, it takes away a lot of his mystique. Yeah, I don't want to see him lose again. Uh... Are you convinced, though, that it will be Roman and Taker? Yeah. Any chance that turns out to be a triple threat with the three of them? No. I hope it doesn't. No. Because I don't want to see, because I don't think Braun, because Undertaker, he has to be in, in there where somebody can actually go. That's the complete opposite of it. Roman Reigns, and he could, Roman Reigns can go. I'm not sure if he can actually carry the Undertaker, but I'd rather, I'd rather see that from an in-room perspective than see him face Braun. Do you think they're going to put more of, not make him a heel, but do you think they'll put more of a heelish edge on Roman leading yeah. into this match? Yeah, because no matter what, no matter what, he's going to be heelish. He's going to get booed out of the building. Yeah, yeah, because nobody's going to cheer against the Undertaker. So no matter what, he's going to be the heel. So this is a, a big opportunity for him to actually be more heelish, because nobody's going to cheer. Nobody's going to cheer against him. Everybody loves the Undertaker. They're not going to cheer against him. So no matter what, even no matter what, similar to scene and styles, we said. See, okay, Cena's going to turn heel right now. Even though Roman is the babyface, but he's also the biggest heel in the company. Mm-hmm. So he's going. He, so when that match happens, he's going to do those certain little things. And whether he goes over or not, which I'm kind of leaning towards, he may actually win the, win that match if it happens. Where do they go from there? Because after that, he's going to be like the biggest heel. 
Because you saw what that did for Brock. Mm-hmm. When Brock beat The Undertaker. Everybody loves Brock Lesnar, but everybody was like, okay, wow, he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, I feel like, yeah, he was a heel coming out of that, and then he turned into a baby face when he mopped the floor with Cena at SummerSlam. Yeah. And then everybody loved him for a year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if Roman does beat him at WrestleMania, is that the last match for The Undertaker, do you think? Or do you think he gets Cena next year? I don't know. Because even Cena mentioned The Undertaker on in his promo last week on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who knows? Because with, with WWE, you know, they always change. They always change their course because it was supposed to be seen to take it last year, and then this year as well. They they change course on it, so it just may, might, it might be one of those matches that just doesn't happen. If it does happen, may, maybe it won't be WrestleMania. I am glad for SmackDown though that SmackDown is the Undertaker's home <laughs> because I'll it definitely has se- it definitely has seemed that way. Yeah. over the last two months, uh, tag team champions Gallows and Anderson beat Enzo and Cass at Fastlane. They get a rematch on Raw. Enzo bumps into Cesaro and Sheamus. They spill their coffee. Cesaro and Sheamus run in, cause a big brawl between all three teams. Foley says next week Enzo and Cass will face Sheamus and Cesaro to be number one contenders for a title shot at WrestleMania. Does any of this make any sense to you? The rematch made sense, but all the, like the whole coffee thing, I've always hated that. And then on top of that, we already know what's going to happen. Gals and Anderson are going to interfere in the match and tag both of them. They're, and they're going to do the dumb heel thing of, oh, we don't got to defend the titles now. And they're going to end up facing both teams. We know what's going to happen. I just feel like there's been no story for any of this. No. It's just like, oh, Enzo and Kaz, you're just getting a title match. Yeah, because remember... The club was out was was out there jobbing to Roman Reigns for two weeks in a row mm-hmm. for two weeks in a row. So there was actually no actually no Bill like Enzo and Cass won the number one contenders match and they're going to face Gallows and Anderson. That was it, and he lost the match. He got the rematch because Enzo did have his foot on the rope. But after that, this whole, like him um, Enzo and Cass and Sheamus and Cesaro they were feuding to turn number one contenders. But at the same time, why do we even care? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's a very simple answer. I do not yeah. care. Uh... I don't really care about much of anything that's happening on Raw at this point. Outside of Jericho and Owens, I'm completely indifferent on everything else. Uh, New Day plugs their ice cream pops again. Uh, their popsicle. What are, what are they calling their bike? New Day pops. But what are they calling the bike? The they popsicle. have like a name for it. The popsicle. It is the popsicle. Okay, I wasn't sure if that's what it's called. Um, they had a match against the Shining Stars. They get the win. Again, not really sure what their build towards WrestleMania is because all they're going to be doing is giving out ice cream at WrestleMania. Hope we get some. And hosting it. Hopefully we do. What row are we in again? I'll Googs it. Yeah, I'm curious if we're close enough that we might get an ice cream pop. (laughs) Um, Cruiserweights, actually. This is something I care about a little bit. The Cruiserweight match on Fastlane, Gallagher and Neville was awesome. Brutal match, physical match. Neville retained with the Red Arrow. There was at least twice... Where I thought Gallagher either had a concussion or he might have been paralyzed. Yeah. Um, hell of a match, though. I yeah. loved this match. Uh, they got a long time. I think they got 15 or 16 minutes. Yeah, a lot too. of time. Uh, Raw follows up. Rich Swan gets a match against Neville. Another really good match. You know, I'm a big fan of Rich Swan. Aries interviews Neville after the match. Neville kind of gets in his face a little bit, and Aries takes him out. 
kind of shows him I'm back and I'm going to be coming for the Cruiserweight Championship. I'm excited. I am too. I told you I was going to be disappointed if he wasn't on commentary anymore, but I am excited to see what they can do with him now that he's back and now that they know that they have something with him. Because I don't know if they knew that before. Where now they know this guy can be very funny, he can be interesting, he has a character, and he's great in the ring. So like, I'm curious to see if they actually find something for him at this point. Yeah, because... Um, I even heard that apparently on 205 Live he interviewed himself. Really? <laughs> That's what I was told. I'll have to look that up. It was interrupted by Neville, but he interviewed himself. I'll have to look that up. That's that's great journalism. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, he also everybody has a scoop. Yeah, always has a scoop. <laughs> but um, both, I think both the cruiserweights delivered on both nights because um the cruiserweight match at Fastlane that was my match of the night mm-hmm. because the people we were with nobody really cared about the show. Me and you were like, okay, this match is actually really good. And they delivered. Like you said, the physicality of that match. Yeah, I remember at one point me saying something and somebody saying, oh, maybe I should watch this. Yeah, <laughs> it was prep. And we was just like, okay, this is this is actually really good. Like the physicality of the match, like the headbutts, the mm-hmm. physical contact between the two. And that red arrow that never landed on Gallagher was rough. It was, yeah. He he landed it flush. Yes, it was perfect. He got all of it, Yeah, as Le- Michael Cole would say. <laughs> oh, he got all of it. But <laughs> I, 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 and. I love what they did with Aries. Like the, the match with Rich Swan was really good as well, and I, I like what they did with Aries too because because even the Chicago crowd they were playing to Aries because they were basically waiting for him mm-hmm. to actually finally come in full contact with somebody, and he came in contact with Neville. I just I wish Aries would, wouldn't be in the Cruiserweight division, but now we actually have a reason to care about the Cruiserweight. Say it's a start for him. Yeah, and it's it's a good uh, injection into the Cruiserweight division. So I'm very excited to see where they go with that. Akira Tozawa beats Arya Davari, calls out Kendrick. Kendrick tells him, rule number five, be careful what you wish for. Obviously, is going to go over Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Do, do you feel like is getting over, or do you think it's been a struggle? Because I can't tell. I can't tell either. Because sometimes, like when he comes out to the ring, he does the ha, he gets nothing. Mm-hmm. But after the match... He'll get his hot. Or like during the match yeah. when he starts it, they'll do it a little bit. But I that's kinda why I'm like, I don't I can't tell. Yeah, I can't tell. I either. can't figure it out if yeah. he's getting over and I hope he does though, because he's good. Uh we got the Seth Rehab segment, which I guess that's kind of par for the course. If somebody like that is out, they're always gonna show you that. Kind of getting him over as as it's the sympathetic baby face. We get the Triple H interview. Did you think him mentioning how great the training and medical staff was? Was it yes. Punk? Yes. First thing in my notes. That's the first thing I know. I thought this was a jab at Punk. Because I thought you were going to say um, the doctors to tell Rollins to put a Z-Pack on it. That was the first thing in my notes. I was like, oh, they're getting Punk so good tonight. Yeah, I was like not quite sure if that's where, where he was going because uh-huh. – he did relate it to Seth Rollins, but I was like, wow, that's this is a about good jab punk, yeah. at CM Punk. I did too, because like, I actually like this promo, because it's Rollins isn't on TV, because Rollins doesn't have to be on TV to tell this story. As long as they do like, things like that, and as long as Triple H is there, that adds to the feud, because Rollins is the baby face, and, tri- and Rollins isn't there, is, isn't there because of Triple H and Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. So, tr- Triple H, on that... On that um, promo he cut, that was like a great job to actually build sympathy for Seth Rollins. And he's saying, if the doctor tell you to stay away, stay away. Yeah. I, I liked it too. I thought it, he made the point well. I thought he built 
some doubt as to whether Seth could do this or should do this. Yeah, because he, he also said that the doctors say, doctor say stay away, Seth, stay away. Yeah, and now correct me if I'm wrong because a lot of my memory of this era is hazy. He said Seth calls himself the man. I didn't need to call myself anything. You know, the game, King of Kings, other people call me that. I didn't have to call myself that. Didn't Triple H come up with the game on his own? Yes. I'm pretty sure on one of his returns. Maybe it was the one with the jean jacket and the leather jacket. No, who was the game before then? Okay. But I do remember him coming back from an injury, calling himself himself the game, and thinking I've never heard him call himself that. I'm trying to remember where the game actually originated, because I know he was calling himself in that 1999. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he started that. Oh, it was when he came back after the SummerSlam knee injury. Against Booker? No, against uh, no, he got hurt in the SummerSlam match against The Rock. Oh, The Rock. And I think when he was off for that time, I think it was a torn ACL or whatever. I'm pretty sure when he came back, he came back calling himself the game. Cause he, no, cause I don't think so, because he was still in DX and he didn't turn on DX yet. But I'm pretty sure it was close. It was probably the summer of 99. I just don't know where it originated from. I felt like that was a comeback for him for some reason. Cause he, cause he, he wasn't going that long. He was only going maybe a couple of months. Okay, so this may be a different injury then. Yeah. Than that. But that was in that time frame. It was definitely 1999. Yeah, yeah. Now, the King of Kings, I don't know where that originated from. Because that, hap- that just happened. But the game, I'm pretty sure, uh, Hunter, you started calling yourself that. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> I'm uh, anything else from Raw? You did better. I do think it was, it was not a great show. It was better. But it was better than it's been. And... I didn't get to watch it till Tuesday. That's how disgusted I was after Sunday that I didn't even watch it on Monday. I watched it on Tuesday. Uh, I just couldn't bring myself. I didn't want to see. I didn't want to see Brock. I didn't want to see Bill. I was just not interested. Uh, but it was a better show. You told me I wouldn't be put to sleep by it, and I wasn't. I was awake through the whole thing. Moving on to SmackDown. Uh, the WWE Championship picture is up in the air. Bray Wyatt obviously is the champion, but he does not have an opponent. As Randy Orton won the Rumble and forfeited his spot. And then we had two winners of the Battle Royal. So we had a one-on-one match with AJ and Luke Harper, which AJ ultimately won. But then Randy Orton burns down Bray Wyatt's compound, and all of a sudden he's back in the picture. <laughs> So, now, Brian and Shane were both talking about how they didn't know what to do. It was on, wasn't this match booked already before it was Tuesday booked, night? Yeah, but, yeah. So, it was announced on Twitter. But they were acting like they were booking it right there, which yeah. I didn't understand that, that at makes all. makes sense, yeah. Because I was like, well, wasn't this already booked? And if it wasn't, why not? <laughs> like, you're hyping it tonight as the biggest main event in SmackDown history. Why wouldn't you hype it beforehand? Uh, yeah, that was weird. But basically the weird part of it is, is Shane was the one who wanted to give AJ the title shot. <laughs> and now we're supposed to end up with AJ against Shane when Shane was the one that was on his side. That's another odd storytelling feature. But AJ saying he's tired of the anti-AJ conspiracy... He's going to take out Orton, and that's on you guys. Uh, Renee Young with Cornrows, for whatever reason, on SmackDown, <laughs> has, has a, an interview with Randy Orton where he says, if I burn down Bray's compound, what will I have in store for AJ? AJ should just run. I thought it was a nice build to the match for both guys. Obviously a lot on the line. I thought they did a good job throughout the show of 
just hammering home how big of a deal this match was. First time it ever happened, and just two huge guys to have in the main event of SmackDown. But I do think if they were not pushing it full bore all week, they really should have been. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you know how much they were really pushing it? They, they, it was on Twitter since last week. I'm not sure if it was. I, I'm, I know it was by at least the weekend that it was, that was announced that they're going to have that match. Okay, so maybe they did. Hopefully the ratings reflected it. But uh, AJ against Randy, what were your thoughts on this match? I was underwhelmed for the most part until the final, the ending sequence because the thing with SmackDown is we all know Smack, we all feel that SmackDown is a more superior show. So it also their main events have typically been like somewhat pay per view level. In this match, in this match for what they build it at, it just felt like a flat TV main event. That's 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 how I felt about it because I do think if this ever happens on pay per view that we'll actually get a better a better match. But until the ending sequence, I was like real underwhelmed. I, I like the spot where AJ was sent up for the um, phenomenal mm-hmm. forearm and he faked the springboard because because he knew Orton was going for RKO. And he, yeah. he was like, okay, I got him. But then he went for the for the four fifty. He met Orton moves and then he hits RKO. And um another sequence he hits RKO. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. That's the ending sequence I expected, but the rest of the match is a bit underwhelming for me. And I loved the gr- the spot in the gorilla position because directly after SmackDown went off, maybe no less than five minutes after, they tweet out what happened, how AJ spazzed out in the gorilla position. I thought that was awesome because AJ doesn't have a, have a point against Shane. Because Shane, even though Shane's been for AJ, mm-hmm. Shane said, I think AJ should be the um, wrestling, um, Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Yeah. AJ is so angry, but he has a point that he shouldn't even have to been in that match, which is true. I agree. I didn't think it was a great match. I also felt like it maybe should have taken a little more to beat AJ, although the RKO has been a pretty protected move. But yeah, I agree with you. That spot where he went for the springboard... And I was waiting for the RKO. Yeah, I was and too. And you saw AJ jump back onto the apron. And he and, smiled, yeah. And you saw Orton just hit the RKO on nothing. Yeah. I was like, that was brilliant, yeah. that spot. Whosever idea that was, you know, I salute you for that. Um, do you think maybe they should... You know, there's always things that happen after Raw or happen after... Maybe not always after SmackDown, but... Do you think maybe that should be something they should put on the network? What? Like, maybe instead of having 205 Live start immediately when SmackDown goes off, have like five or six minutes where you see the direct aftermath of SmackDown. Well, that was what Talking Smack kind of was, but they have 205 Live now, yeah. so that, t- that takes away. Like, if it was just two, if it was Talking Smack directly after, and AJ, even if AJ just showed up, on well, talking smack, it's not just in gorilla position. I think the gorilla position enhanced it because nobody ever sees gorilla position. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I love the way they produced it. Yeah. But it's like you had to wait till they gave it to you, as opposed to like I loved what they did after that last raw before the draft, uh-huh. where you had the the no finish between Dean and Seth. And but they didn't tell anybody to flip to the network. It yeah. just was on, and most people didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was lucky that within thirty seconds, I saw something on Twitter, and I went on. But I feel like that, just from a marketing standpoint, from an idea of the network is like must have. If you're watching Raw, and whatever immediately happens after Raw, you can pick up that final five minutes on the network. I think it's smart to do. Uh, 
Now, maybe it, it kind of throws a monkey wrench into their programming if they use that five or six minutes. But I don't know. I think that'd be cool. It'd be like a nice wrinkle for them to add into it. That yeah, you know, like, oh, SmackDown went off. Let me put on the network and see yeah, what that, happens. Yeah, because that's what Talking Smack was. But they replaced it with 205 Live. Talking Smack was still on at 10 mm-hmm. immediately after SmackDown. It would have been perfect to do that because you could still actually shoot that in gorilla position. Yeah. You could have Shane just basically trying to head to Talking Smack. But well, I'm not sure if Talking Smack is like taped before SmackDown because you, you don't know if it's actually live or whatever. I, I, assume, I assume it's directly after SmackDown. But... <laughs> That would have been a perfect spot to do it in. Yeah, and SmackDown isn't a direct lead-in to 205 Live, which is, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. I, something about it doesn't all add up to me. But I do like, I, I think AJ deserves better than a match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Yeah, because... Um, but at least they're telling the story. Yeah. Because that's, I'm not excited for it. And I kind of think it's a slap in the face to him, but it's like, all right, if you're at least going to invest in this thing, maybe it'll be worth his while. Well, th- well, AJ, well, put just take it this way. Mm-hmm. AJ's going to be in one of the eight main events. True. So we'll take it. We'll take it that yeah. way. But I think AJ deserves better because they're basically viewing a match with Shane as a, as a world title match. That's how that's how they see it. But from you have to, we want better for AJ. We want AJ to be in a higher level but because we don't see the match with Shane McMahon as a top spot. But mm-hmm. we kind of have to give credit where credit is due. The match is going to be all. The match is going to be awesome. I, I'm not sure. The, I'm sure this match will get a stipulation. Maybe Shane, if Shane loses, he's out of control of SmackDown or, so, or, some, or something like that. And if it's a giving match, let's say if it's a street fight, like I can go back to the match he had with Kurt Angle that came mm-hmm. in the ring of one, and that street fight was amazing. And Shane will, you know, Shane will bump all over. Yeah, Shane will put it on the line. Yeah, so I have no doubt the match will be fought, will be really good. That, like that, I think that might, I think that match, that match might actually steal the show because you already know, on pay per view, Shane always steals the show. Mm-hmm. So as a fan, but as the hardcore fans, they want more for AJ Styles than wrestling a match for Shane McMahon. But I have to give the credit for the where credit is due. The match I already know is going to be amazing. Well, I mean, um, it's not going to be a bathroom break for me. No. I will say that. I just, I felt like I wanted him to go into WrestleMania as the champion. Yeah, I did too because he deserves it. Because, like, like we say all the time, Bray Wyatt's a full time guy now, full time champion now because he because he beat Cena and um elimination, elimination Chamber. But AJ was killing it for a year. Mm-hmm. He he deserves to be in a, in a tough spotlight. But the problem is with WWE, they they don't view the title as the most important thing. They think their name is more important than titles. And and they build everything as a main event. So I could I could hear I could hear them now. Well, the main event, the main, one, of the, one of the four main events for SmackDown Live is <laughs> AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. You just got to a point I wanted to make at the top of the show, but I forgot to make it. The name is more important than the title for some reason, except it's one of those names, and then you have to put the title on them, like. If the name is more important than title, if Bill Goldberg's name is more important than the title, why should he then also need the title? I don't know. I I, I said I was done talking about it. I guess I'm not. Now I'm done talking. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Women's division, we got a very brief blissertation from Alexa Bliss, (laughs) who was out there with Mickie James. She was about to announce who her WrestleMania match was against. 
But first she wanted to say who it wasn't against, and then she listed the entire women's roster. <laughs> so good. Um, Becky comes out to make a declaration <laughs> that she should get the title match. Natty comes out right after saying Becky's not good enough. I should get the title shot. Alexa had a great line. Natty, did so you get good. into some catnip? <laughs> Because you're the worst there is, the worst there was, and the worst there ever will <laughs> so be. Good. It was awesome. And then Mickey saying, you're all selfish. I'm going to get the match. We had a deal. To which Alexa kind of says, ah, no, we really didn't. Her face, her face was priceless <laughs> when Mickey said that. <laughs> it was. Um, Daniel Bryan comes out, says, you know, we were backstage watching your blissertation. We would have given you an F on it. <laughs> um, but basically... If you're saying you're the best, we're going to make you prove it, and you're going to defend it against every available woman on the roster. Alexa says you can't do that, and Brian, this was a gold line from him. Well, I'm the GM. That's literally my job <laughs> is to do that. Uh, he made, Then he set them up in the Hala Hala tag team match because he'd been getting some advice from your Uncle Teddy. How many women do you think, do you think this will be... Like a six woman man. Like how many women do you think, think will be in this thing? I just think, you think Oscar ends up in this thing. Yes, <laughs> that's that was that was in my notes because I think because he's he didn't give a number, so I'm I'm thinking they're they're kind of banking on maybe Naomi can possibly get back, um, even Marie maybe get back maybe come back because you know nobody's gonna nobody's gonna want to miss that WrestleMania payday because mm-hmm. we haven't seen her since SummerSlam, and then I thought. That would be the perfect crowd and the perfect time to debut Asuka. Because Asuka is touring with the with the SmackDown roster now. So she, so it's safe to say she'll be a Smack she'll be a part of Smack SmackDown. So make that's the perfect spot to debut her and the perfect person to beat Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. Because Alexa Bliss is that heel that just runs her mouth the entire time. And her and her mouth can easily get her in trouble. And yeah. You want her to get her comeuppance. And Asuka's the Asuka's the one who she doesn't have to say anything. She's just like Dangerous, a demeaning, dangerous character. Smile, bite her lip. Yeah, and, and then crush her. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of that's the perfect person to beat Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. They never had a match in NXT, did they? I don't think so. No, because I don't remember. No, it, but uh, would you have liked to have seen a little more of the blissertation before it got cut off? Anything Alexa Bliss. I don't care. How, anything Alexa. Bliss. Never too much. Never too much Alexa Bliss. <laughs> um, we had a tag match, Becky and Natty against Alexa and Mickey. Ultimately, Natty turned on Becky. Alexa tagged herself in and took the pin. And then we got a mick kick on Alexa Bliss. So Alexa is down to zero friends. So I feel like this setup is for her to lose the title of WrestleMania. Like she's I, going to have to go through everyone. I don't think so. I think she may actually win this match unless it's a surprise entry like Asuka. Because he said, all the women that are available in the SmackDown Women's Division. And he, they, there's ne- they're clearly not a clear number. So I think Alexa, in that situation, I think Alexa Bliss will retain because it's hard to kind of pick, pick somebody because it's not there's not really much of a build. But I would think the surprise person wins because I think, I think I have a high, I think that Asuka may actually come. That's, cause I think she's dropping. We all know she's dropping a title on Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. That, that's basically a, a year title. We already know she's, Ember Moon's the next, the next, the next wo- woman in line. So perfect time for Oscar and the perfect crowd to, de- to debut Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if Oscar's there, I don't see how they don't have her win. Like I don't think you want her out there not skyrocketing to the top immediately because people really aren't, aren't going to know who she is. 
Because I feel like people are watching NXT less now than they were two years ago. Um, so you might have got a lot of people that knew Sami Zayn or knew Kevin Owens. A lot of people aren't going to know who Asuka is. Where, at WrestleMania? Yeah, well, at WrestleMania they'll know. Yeah. But I mean, like, to the SmackDown audience, when she's on SmackDown, they won't really know who she is. Yeah. So I think shooting her straight to the top is the best thing you could do with her. Yeah, can you imagine Alexa's face hearing Asuka just her music hit at WrestleMania? Or, yeah, or, you know... Assuming everyone's already in the ring, could you imagine everyone's face yeah. when that music hits? Yeah. <laughs> um, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Hawkins calls out Ambrose after he's embarrassed. Yeah, Chad Hawkins. <laughs> um, Ambrose took him out very quickly again. Uh, he Ambrose gets on the microphone, says the lone wolf is more like the neutered wolf. He kind of calls him out, says, I know you won't come out here. I love that Corbin got back on the Titan Tron and said, did you really think that was going to work? <laughs> like, that he's a little smarter than Dean is, which I like. Um, enjoy, he says, tells to Dean, enjoy what you have while you have it. Ambrose says, okay, if you're not going to come out here, I guess I'll just find you. I'll give credit to this segment because they showed him several times walking through backstage. Yeah. It's not like he just walked back there and found him immediately. They showed him a few times. Uh, Corbin comes out of nowhere, beats him with the pipe, uh, presses him underneath the forklift. This almost this felt very much like an Attitude Era type segment. Yeah, which I liked. Mm-hmm. The refs came in and made the save, obviously, but Dean ends up allegedly in the hospital with bruised or broken ribs, coughing up blood. Ray really raises the stakes for this match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, do you think Dean is on the show next week, or do you think he's out for a week or two with the injuries? Well, I, I think it'll be a nice touch to not have Dean on the show. Well, not. Or do you think Corbin now comes out to the ring? Yeah, and I'll, then maybe that's when Dean shows up. Yeah, maybe even have Ambrose on the Titan Tron because it's just switched it up. Because the last two weeks it was Baron Corbin backstage on Titan Tron. We haven't seen Baron Corbin in, act, in action at all. So I think that'll be a nice touch, even if Corbin went, just does a quick squash. Just have him cut a promo right after the match, and then maybe we can get another brawl between the between the two in the ring this time, and you could actually announce that match for WrestleMania because WrestleMania will be what two and a half weeks away, but at, at that point, so you can actually, so that so that so you you you've already had enough content to actually build that feud and to book a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with what they've done with this. Look at the difference between Raw and SmackDown. Raw got most of the major players. SmackDown got, as you uh, very aptly pointed out right after the draft, SmackDown got the guys who have to be built, but like they're kind of like the next guys to come up. Yeah, and they had, and they had the the bigger names, mm-hmm. the the, um, the cornerstones of the company to actually help build those guys mm-hmm. up. But look what they've done with Baron Corbin. Yeah. Like he has really come a long way, and he, he could be a guy that maybe catches on. Yeah. He's got a look that a casual fan might be able to buy into. It's funny. I tend to not buy so much into the whole idea of the casual fan needs a guy to look a certain way. But a friend of mine at, I believe it was the Royal Rumble last year, saw Kevin Owens and immediately dismissed him because of how he looked. This is Vince Russo? It was not Vince Russo, but... It was a friend who actually was an avid, the biggest wrestling fan I knew during the Attitude Era. He eventually faded off, but he knows he knows wrestling. He knows what he's watching, and he saw Kevin Owens and immediately dismissed him. And then 
uh, a guy who works for another company that we that I work with. You know, somehow it came up that I liked wrestling, and he was like, "Oh, I, was, I watched Monday Night Raw a little bit." This was probably like a year or so ago, and the guy that he mentioned that stood out to him was Rusev, and what he said was, "That guy looks like a wrestler." And it's like to somebody who doesn't watch it every week, they don't necessarily care about the acrobatics or a lot of the ring psychology that we look at. They look at like I want to see somebody who looks like he should be here. So some of that, while I don't always agree with it. It is true for some people. And Corbin is a guy who, someone who doesn't watch wrestling might see and be like, oh, this guy looks legit. Um, tag team division, <laughs> absent two weeks in a row. The who team division. Why do you send the Usos out there? <laughs> do maybe the most interesting thing they've done in years, maybe ever, and then they're off TV the next two weeks. <laughs> The champions are on TV. For yeah, TV. like now when when they come back, people are going to care even less. Like there there was some heat on the Usos two weeks ago. Yeah, it's too long ago. We forgot about it already. We were excited to talk about the Usos two weeks ago, and now we haven't seen them since. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the mixed tag team division. Yes. Obviously, Cena and Nikki Bella are going to face the Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. That hasn't been made official yet. Correct? Not yet. The warm-up was Cena and Nikki against Carmelsworth. Can I just say, Raw has so many guys that everybody was so excited for. But SmackDown is making James Ellsworth more entertaining than the majority of what's happening on Raw. I know a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people aren't happy with the spot that he's in. But my God, him coming out and cutting that promo was great. I beat AJ the first three times I faced him. How many times did it take Cena? Do you know what that makes me? The Mac Daddy of SmackDown. I lost it when he said that. <laughs> I'm the guy that puts the Mac in SmackDown. I'm about to mop the floor with Cena. Wearing the cheetah print oh, trunks. Oh, so good. The hat. Uh, with Carmella's, Carmella's logo on the back. Yes. The face and the, oh, Great. He, inter- he tried to introduce Carmella as his girlfriend and then corrected himself. No, my friend who is a girl. <laughs> I... I thought he, and when he said he's the guy who puts the Mac in SmackDown, <laughs> JBL just says, "I'm about to throw up." <laughs> I I laughed through that whole segment. Uh, Miz and Maurice music hit, distracts Nikki Bella. Um, or wait, who did it distract? Did it distract Nikki? And both of them at first. Ah, uh, Carmella hit the super kick mm-hmm. right out of the gate. I loved that Ellsworth wanted no parts of Cena. It was so at good. All. <laughs> Carmella stepped to John Cena before <laughs> Ellsworth would. And then when they both then when they both got put in the STF, I don't know if you noticed, but Ellsworth was tapping before <laughs> it was even put in. Like he hadn't even got the move completely locked in yet, and he was already tapping. Ellsworth, I think, is hilarious. I thought it was great. Uh, Miz and Maurice obviously took them out after the match. And then the Miz cut another gold promo. I will let you give your thoughts on the Miz. Did you see his talking smack one? I didn't, but I did see that he said Cena stole his girlfriend from Dolph Ziggler. Oh, oh, so good. He's like, yeah, he stole the FU from, he stole the attitude adjustment from Tommy Dreamer. He's a Death Valley driver. (laughs) Like, oh my God, this this man is so good. Like, I mentioned last week, well, you mentioned last week because 
If you don't like Cena, Cena is doing this of all things for mm-hmm. WrestleMania. This. I said, if you have a problem with Cena, you have no legs left to stand on because this is what he's doing at WrestleMania. Yes. Out of the world title picture, out of the universal title picture, out of the mid-card title picture, out of the tag team title picture, he's in a match with his girlfriend against the Miz and Marie. <laughs> like, the truth of this, the, the shooting of, about Total Divas, you you don't make the woman you love sign a contract to live with you. <laughs> like you said, the biggest heel in the business. The biggest heel so good. Says their, their relationship is fake and plastic, offend everyone, but it stops now. And even... Maurice even had her cut a promo on Talking Smack too. They they were just destroying them the entire destroying them the entire time. It was so perfect. I mentioned this will be the most most entertaining. You might not want to see the match, but this is gonna be the most entertaining thing you see. Between up, here and WrestleMania. Between here and WrestleMania, because the shooting and the promos are gonna be fantastic. There is this weird kind of divide. Like there's people like us, obviously, Derek, Russ, um, Gary Diutolo, who Joey, who liked The Miz. I didn't always like him, but he grew on me during the course of doing this podcast. I can appreciate what he's doing. He's doing things that most other people on the roster are not capable of doing. And I appreciate what he does. And he gets you, whether you hate... It's so funny, because like, the people that hate The Miz legitimately hate him and think he sucks. But he gets you to care about what what he's involved in, what he's doing. And he will make this Cena match matter. Now, I don't, I'm curious who's going to get cheered at WrestleMania. Because mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah, because another thing that they added is from Maurice said, what was, when Maurice was Diva Champion, what was she doing? She was an escort for, the, for all those special Raw GMs. Mm-hmm. She was always working backstage. She dates John Cena. She gets her own show. She gets her own spinoff. Mm-hmm. She, she becomes Lawrence Reign Diva Champion over Maurice and AJ Lee. And um, she gets she's now an executive producer, executive executive producer on Total Balance, and she never had a producer job in her life. Yeah. So good. Again, heels that have a point, and I look forward to seeing where this goes. Oh, and then another thing, Brian yeah. Brian firing back saying, if I if I wasn't a wrestler, I could be an actor. And, <laughs> and, 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 and Brian says, well, you're not. Um, I think what did Miss say? Oh, Miss 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 says. Oh, straight. Oh, Brian says what? Straight to DVD movies. Like, I said, well, I can be a, you, well, you can't be an actor. He's like, well, you can't be a wrestler either. He's like, well, we'll see that in a year and a half. And that a dirt she's just saying. And that a, that a dirt she's just saying. Oh, Daniel Bryan's coming back in a year and a half somewhere. Or he might not. Yeah. Or he might not. <laughs> Could be. Either. No, everybody's guess at this point. Yeah. I did enjoy. I mean, my favorite part was the Miz walking into the ring, getting the microphone, and saying. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> like, he just had to say something. Um, and him calling Cena a robot, I thought was great. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he was talking about it on Talks Back, too. He was like, I love you. Wait, what? Cut, 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 let's do that again. <laughs> Mickey, I love you. Stop it, stop it. Did that sound good? That's so good. Yeah, he has a point. And while he does do all these events for WWE, while he has been there for the most part, except when he's been filming one of his straight-to-DVD movies. He has been there while Cena hasn't. So, again, he has a point. I find him very entertaining. I'm not necessarily looking forward to the match, although I'm sure there will be some good moments in that match. It's not going to be a five-star classic, but it'll be fun to watch. It'll be the entertainment part of sports entertainment. Yeah. But I very much look forward to seeing the next four weeks, how they get there. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. Um, All right, anything else from SmackDown? Great job. Anything you want to talk about with uh, Dolph Ziggler? 
still not buying into it? Because I'm not either. Like, we know what he is, but he's not doing anything. Like, like he, he he's saying that these these new guys are going aren't going to steal the um take my spotlight, but he's not doing anything. Yeah, he's not getting his own spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> like why do I care anymore? Yeah, well, you don't. Yeah, like. Like, I blame you for making me hate those. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. Like, I was on a high horse. Like, the man won Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. I was on a high horse with Dolph Ziggler, and then it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, mom, I'm going to try real hard. Yep. It's like, come on, man. Now he's doing this. He's not doing anything. Now he's doing this thing with Mojo. And <sighs> yeah, it's kind of pointless. It's not... I don't know. It, it's not really going anywhere for me. And I don't feel like it's going to. No. We had some hopes that it would, but it doesn't feel like it is. Uh, so, I have not seen NXT. Is there anything you could tell me about to get me up to date on NXT? Oscar defeated Peyton Royce in, a, in the women's title match, and now we're getting Oscar, I mean, Oscar Ember Moon official at TakeOver. That is Orlando. official. That's now official. So yeah. I think tonight it was supposed to be Ember Moon against Billy Kay, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming Ember Moon won that. I'm assuming. And also, um, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be Bobby Roode and Cassius Ono for the NXT title at UCF. Oh, they're shooting him up there already? Yeah, at, at, wow. UC, at, um, at, at the tapings in, at University of Central Florida. And that's about it. Right? And um, the Revival retained the tag team title. I mean, I'm the Revival. Authors of Payne retained the tag team titles over DIY. And I think I believe the Revival interfered in that match. Hmm. Okay, uh, I did see a little bit of that before we started recording. Yeah, uh, they came into the ring. The opponents, the Ely brothers, were on their way down to the ring. <laughs> the Authors of Pain came down, took them out, and Dash and Dawson fled the scene as quickly as they could, <laughs> jumped the barricade, and ran out through the crowd. Um, <coughs> so nothing else other than that, though. No, and this week we got Cassius Ono and Elias Sampson. One-on-one in a loser leaves NXT match. Hmm. Joy. So who, so Elias Samson will be gone officially. Of NXT, I don't want to see him singing songs on Raw. Uh, but Raw seems like the perfect vehicle for him <laughs> to be performing his songs on. At least from what I've seen from him and what I see on Raw every week, it seems like he'd fit in perfectly with what they do. Um... Yeah, I do have to catch up on NXT, though. Do you think Ember Moon wins the title at that takeover? Yes. Because it'll be a year. Yeah, it was 300, as of tonight's episode, it was 340 days. Yeah, it'll be a year. So 25 days at a full year. That's crazy. Any listener questions? Yes, we got a few questions here. We got a question from the godfather of the podcast, Joel Lafferty. Okay. A few questions from him. I don't like the Orton versus Wyatt match. I do not think I don't I do not think it is a Mania title match caliber. I hate the term B show, but a non Big Four pay per view seems more fitting. Who is more to blame, Lesnar for cutting open o- cutting open Orton, meaning this is the payback to Orton, or Shane? I believe he came back because he needs the money. Well, I don't know if I'd necessarily blame either of those two. I would say the only thing that makes it not a WrestleMania caliber championship match is the fact that AJ is the guy who should be the champion, and he's the guy who should be the champion in the championship match. 
But I think as far as SmackDown goes, it's their biggest story. It's the story they've been telling for the longest. It's the payoff for their biggest story. So while it may not exactly feel like the star-studded affair you'd expect for a championship match at WrestleMania, I think other than AJ having the title, I do think it's I think it's the best they can do, unfortunately. But I would say if I had to say anything, I'd probably just blame 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 Brock. <laughs> so you think that's his, that's Orton's payback? It could be. But I feel like they already had this in their heads that they were going to tell this story with Orton and Wyatt at the mm-hmm. time because it started like the next day. Yeah. So I think they already had their had their eyes set on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I agree with you. I don't like this match from an in ring perspective, but this is sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. And well, WWE isn't a workers' company because you know I'm no fan of Bray Wyatt. And the match at No Mercy was nothing to be nothing to be to, nothing to be desired. But there's a whole new story now and. As much as we said, like, or was with the Wyatt family for X amount of months, and but I do think that this story is going to end up missing something at WrestleMania because it's like last week we were like, okay, how did we get here? Like, what did Randy Orton really do? He like he brought the house down, but like, hey, still, how did we get here? Like, other yeah. than that, what did he do? He didn't break up the Wyatt family. Luke Harper made mistake, made accidents. Mm-hmm. So I think that takes away from that takes a takes a lot away from it as well. And we already know. How with Shane is because I it's like I, I said that maybe Shane maybe Aiden versus Aiden versus Shane ends up in Shane's well if Shane loses he leaves WWE yeah that might be a, that that may be a thing as well because mm-hmm. he live action just maybe just Shane needs Shane needs the money but at the same time names mean more than titles to WWE at this point what event did they have their first paper was it Backlash Bray and Randy well they got they got canceled because remember Randy got hurt. But that was supposed to be... That was supposed to be the first match. So do you by any chance way. remember Randy's promo that he cut prior to Backlash where he told the story about... The snake? The man and the snake yeah. came across a rabbit or whatever. Yeah. And the man was looking at the snake and he didn't want to step forward. He realized what he had been told his whole life, which was that a snake is more afraid of you than you are of it. So he walked up, picked up the rabbit, and when the man turned his back, the snake struck. Because when... The snake saw the rabbit, he wanted the rabbit, but when he saw the man, he knew he could have both. Um, and he kind of told this whole story about, and this is what I'm going to do to Bray Wyatt. Like, when he least expects it, when his guard is down, I'm going to strike. And while they didn't execute every point in the story perfectly, they got to the end point that he described all the way back then, which was true. as soon true. as Bray's guard was down, he said, you know, I, as long as you're the master and I'm the servant, I will never face you. And he gave him the quote-unquote keys to the kingdom. He allowed Bray to, or he allowed Randy to go to see, you know, the burial site of Sister Abigail. And Bray had officially let his guard down, let him inside, and he struck. So I, when I thought about that promo and I actually watched it again, I was like, okay, they they didn't tell the story perfectly from beginning, middle, and end. But where they got to is kind of where they said it was going from the very beginning, which I kind of respected and appreciated. Okay, I, 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 I don't, I don't remember the whole mm-hmm. promo. I just, I do remember he said the, the snake slithers and can mm-hmm. strike at any time. I don't remember the whole, all the contact, the context yeah. of it. But that does make sense, and that does, that does lead into the story. But a lot of these things also did happen by mistake. Yeah, it'll be different if Ernie actually like was behind a lot of the. Yeah, things he was not playing on. these mind games and turning them against each other. Luke Harper just kept screwing up. Yeah. 
And we complained about that all throughout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, the return of overrated, underrated. Okay. From the 90s, the road dog. Huh. I think I would say that's a tough one. Because I don't think anybody's rating him all that highly. Yeah, that, that, that's what I asked him because I, I needed an explanation from him because I had him in the middle. But it's I would probably say underrated because I feel like he's probably a guy that people write off as an afterthought at this point. But he was someone you looked forward to seeing and hearing every week when he came out on Raw. So I guess I'd say he's underrated. Yeah, I'll say that too because he was a big part of DX even though Triple H was, a, was the main talker. Mm-hmm. Rudo was that other guy. And then... Everybody pops for New Age Outlaw's entrance, yeah. no matter what. And then just the cre- and then at the same time, he would change up the entrance all the time, mm-hmm. and what things things he was going to say. You could kind of say he was like the he had to era Enzo. That's exactly what he was to an, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Getting, just just getting everything over. Yeah. From him, we, we already know he from from Eric's perspective, nobody cares for him. We know Eric hates yeah, him. Yeah, he's very limited. Yeah, but um, the sh- like um laughs that he was underrated. Like the, he always would pop for the shake rattle roll. Mm-hmm. In his in um the pump handle slang, he wouldn't yeah. pop for that, but I think I think he's underrated because I had him rated properly because I don't think I don't think people think much high that much high of him as overrated like Kevin Nash for example, but I think he's like rated and he put over Jericho in his first match in WWF. Yeah, <laughs> so always tip my cap to him for that. And laugh had underrated for Roto as okay. well. Two thousands, Bobby Lashley. This is a really hard one for me because I was not watching during Bobby Lashley's run. And from what I've heard, he was not really a finished product when he was there. So, actually, I guess if we're just talking his WWE time, I'll say he's probably overrated because I'm sure they pushed the hell out of him because of his physique and what he looked like. But I'd say overall his career he's probably underrated because he's actually gotten better, and most people probably don't realize that because they don't watch TNA. Yeah, I agree. I because you'll hear you guys will hear WrestleMania 23, World of WrestleMania Throwback Madness on Monday, I believe, of WrestleMania 23, and I mentioned that that he, in 2006 and 2007 SmackDown had those up and coming guys that they just pushed to the moon, and none, none of those guys, none of those guys they pushed actually got there. They, they pushed Bobby Lashley hard. He, they put the U.S. title on him. They gave him the ECW title. He was the face of ECW. Then they brought him the Raw. And they thought he could actually feud. He was ready to feud with Cena. And then he ended up getting hurt. And then I was Lashley to Bobby Lashley in, 2000, in 2007. So, WWE, he wasn't, like, they pushed him to the moon. He wasn't a finished product. So, you, I said this on the um, WrestleMania 23 episode. You can kind of consider his early time in the 2000s in WWE as, as NXT for him because now he's a more of a finished product mm-hmm. and like you said nobody wants his impact so they don't know what they're missing from Bobby yeah. Lashley and Laugh's rating for Bobby Lashley was overrated okay that that makes sense because I'm sure he's he probably was posing the question solely as his time in WWE yeah and 2010s Moro Ronaldo so this may be an unpopular one and an unconventional answer, but I have a very specific reason. I will say overrated, but that doesn't mean I don't think he's good. I think Cole is so bad, <laughs> and we hate Michael Cole so much that we have elevated Mauro Ronaldo to, like, he's as good as JR, and he's not. He's very good. He's better than anyone else that they have, other than Corey Graves. But he's not 
quite to the level that I think people are perceiving him because the guy that they're comparing him to is so bad and so disliked. <laughs> this was hard for me, too, because <laughs> I, I, he, he doesn't want anything in the middle. Mm-hmm. He wants overrated or underrated. Now, for, what you're, for your reasoning, the fact that people compare him to JR, I'll say he's overrated because mm-hmm. I don't think he's on JR low. Well, Maybe if he's given the opportunity to be on J Lo, like first of all, they throw Tom Phillips in there to take away from his airtime, which is silly. And then when they cut when they cut to the four man booth, he just looks so sad because they got Tom Phillips plugging everything, mm-hmm. and it takes away from Morrow's airtime. That that's the first thing. And I mentioned last week on the show that what if Morrow was calling Raw because Raw just sounds so dull and boring, and there's like no excitement behind commentary. What if Morrow was on Raw? Even the crap Raw gives us. From an in-ring product, sometime as or well, he could elevate it. Yeah, he could elevate it to make Raw less boring, make make Raw less boring. So he's out on a JR level, but who knows if he was actually given the opportunity to maybe he can, and actually be on a two-man booth. He may be. He may be. Put him with Graves. Him and Graves have been awesome. Yeah, I would love that. That would be great. Uh, so all right, that well, that was good. Like a couple unconventional answers there. What else do we have? All right, we got a question from Diamond Lord, Lord, no relation. Okay. All There's right. been no link found on your family trees yet? <laughs> no, family link hasn't sent me emails. Before. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Top five favorite Attitude Era theme songs. Oof. You can go first because these are always tough for me. Really? To come up with a list on, off the top of my head, yeah. All right. Number one. Hands down, Triple H, my time. Okay. Always, always love that theme song. Um, the rest, uh, number two is D Generation X. Are you ready? Always. And the next three, I won't name in any. I won't name in any specific order. The glass shattering will always mm-hmm. get a pop out of me. <laughs> um, Val Venus <laughs> <laughs> and D-Lo Brown. <laughs> okay. So my five, my number one is without a doubt DX. I still. Play that in my car at least a couple times a week. Yeah. My number two is probably, I'd have to say, Austin. My number three is HBK, if we're counting him as part of the Attitude Era. My number four would probably be Foley. Cactus, or not Cactus. um, Do Love? Mankind's original music when he first Uh started. I love that. And my number five is probably going to be I'm trying to think of like who's me, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Metal. I would always mark out every time I'd hear that, yeah. All right, another question you guys does do you think Samoa Joe's muscle buster is or will get banned since he hasn't used it? It might be because I'm sure the last thing that Vince wants is for somebody to get injured on live TV. And two people have gotten hurt with it, correct? Well, Seth didn't get hurt from the Muscle Buster. I th- oh, okay. That's right. He was the second person to get hurt. But I'm sure that's the last thing Vince needs is somebody breaking their neck on TV. So yeah. while he's probably done that move a million times and maybe only hurt the one person, I think it may be banned. Yeah, I think so too because we haven't seen it in a month in any type of form, even not, not even in a match. Even, a, even from regular brawls, we haven't seen it. Yeah. So I, I, I believe Vince said no. Mm-hmm. His next question is, does Beth Phoenix deserve to be in the Hall of Fame right now? Is this disrespectful to put her in and not China? 
So she does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but right now I would say no, she does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame as long as China is not in there. I agree because I thought this was the perfect opportunity for China to come in because she passed away. You know how WWE is when you pass away, they, mm-hmm. they kind of like to take advantage of it at times because because like, they're like, okay, maybe we waited too long and we yeah. didn't mend those fences, so now we can actually do it. But who knows the inside stuff when it comes when it comes to that? But I do think she's long overdue for the Hall of Fame. Beth Phoenix, I will always love Beth Beth Phoenix, but she, maybe she was a year or two away. Yeah, I, I do think she deserves to be in there, but I feel like as long as China's not in, she always is going to be the most deserving woman of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. All right. We had another question from Professor Charles Xavier Johnson. Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the way Swolberg, a.k.a. Bill, Bill, yes, <laughs> has been embraced by the WWE Universe, whereas Batista was booed back out of the company? I think it's ridiculous because... As much as I'm not a Batista fan, I feel like he did more in WWF slash WWE than Bill ever did. I feel like he was better than Bill ever was. I feel like he did more things that were meaningful than Bill ever did. And I feel like he cared about it more than Bill does. Now, he turned his back on it because of the reaction he got from the fans. I don't think he'll ever be back. And I think the fans turned on him, which made Vince and Triple H kind of nix their plans for him, which left a sour taste in his mouth. But I don't, I really don't see where anybody's loving this whole Goldberg thing. Yeah, because he got destroyed in Chicago. They booed mm-hmm. him, which, which you started. <laughs> but um, I agree because. Well, WWE, they messed that whole Batista thing up anyway because he returned the, on the go-home for the Rumble. So it's like, okay, we know Batista's going to win the Royal Rumble, but at that point, Daniel Bryan was at his heights. Mm-hmm. And then nobody wanted to see Batista versus Randy Orton. So, I, I, like, I'm in the middle of Batista. He, I, didn't, I don't hate him. He's in the middle for me. But he did more than people would actually give him credit for. Like, that whole Daniel Bryan thing, he put, like, he like he was a sport and took over and put took his pride aside and put Daniel Bryan over mm-hmm. in the main event against main event against, in our Evolution main event. Bryan, which was an actual real match. Exactly, he Bryan beat all three three all three members of Evolution in one night. And this is when I was starting to get back into it, but I even feel like Batista's part in the like promos and storytelling was good. Like, I remember him and, and Brian having this back and forth where he was kind of talking about Daniel Bryan, like, you're small, you don't belong here, and Daniel Bryan making fun of him about having a stomach tattoo and, <laughs> and wearing skinny jeans or whatever, that, whatever the case was. I feel like they even had good interaction, whereas Goldberg does not have that aspect of it. So, yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous that if Goldberg is being embraced, which I don't know if he really is, it's silly. Yeah, it is because there was no reason. Like, you could boo Batista, but at the same time, WWE, they were in that whole, like, the CM Punk thing happened too. Because mm-hmm. all the CM Punk stuff got came out. It's like CM Punk, we know CM Punk was supposed to be Triple H, but CM Punk thought that Dan Bryan should be in the main event the whole time. And for, for once, they actually catered to the hardcore fan because yeah. with CM, CM Punk, him and Dan Bryan kind of revolutionized and opened the door. For an indie guy to actually be something mm-hmm. in WWE. His next question is, how would you guys react to the scenario where Paige finally comes back and gets traded to SmackDown 
and gets rebranded as Sister Abigail. Then her and the wives become a stable similar to China and DX. I don't foresee that happening. I'll say that right off the bat. But I, I would like it. Like, I've always thought it'd be cool if they came up with somebody that actually be Sister Abigail. Even if it's not the actual Sister Abigail, she plays that part. One, it's something for her to do. It gets her back on TV. Uh, and I think if anybody would be able to pull it off, it would be somebody like her. Because mm-hmm. she has the look for it. Because she, she's she's more pale, mm-hmm. and she can play off the um, the golf look. Because mm-hmm. another person that would play perfectly, Nikki Cross. Yeah. Who is gorgeous, by She the, would be perfect. Who is gorgeous, by mm-hmm. the way. My God, Gorilla. <laughs> but, um, I don't think, like, I actually had a thought maybe they would actually bring somebody to be Sister Grab again. Because you know how WWE's with these supernatural things mm-hmm. at times. She might got. She might have like came back to life. Like we've seen, Taker's like, been dead for twenty something yeah. years, and Kane's been burned a million times. So maybe I thought maybe they actually might actually pull that off. Maybe, who knows? They might actually still pull it off at WrestleMania. We don't know. We don't know for sure. Yeah. But I don't. I think it's over. I think it's kind of overdue, overdue, and we wouldn't need it anymore. Yeah, that, I, I don't see it happening. But if that's the way they chose to do it, I think it'd be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. All right. I think you had some questions too. I just had one from the icon Gary Diutolo. He says, What are some guilty pleasure gimmicks you guys enjoy, past or present? Basically, gimmicks that were bad, lame, corny, or they just didn't work out, but you enjoyed them. Some examples for me are Evil Doink the Clown, Waylon Mercy, Devil's Advocate Sean O'Hare, The Spirit Squad, Disco Inferno, and Three Count. Oh, three <laughs> I will say first first one is Gilberg. <laughs> Everyone knows of my disdain for Bill Goldberg. It was white hot disdain back during 1998-99. And when Gilberg debuted, I could not get enough of it. The sparklers, <laughs> him getting flummoxed by the uh, fire extinguisher... Him going for a spear and hurting himself, or going for the jackhammer and he would end up getting suplexed. Uh, almost everything he did, I I marked out for, and I still do. Uh, the R Truth man confused by the world gimmick, <laughs> Little Jimmy. I love. Yeah. Uh, uh, there there was one other one I had that was really good. I was gonna say Val Venus, but that was way too over for me to consider it a guilty pleasure. <laughs> The William Regal man's man gimmick. <laughs> he only did it. For, he, he said he only did it for like a month, but I loved it so much. I don't know. What do you got? That's a guilty pleasure for you. I'm trying to think of some bad gimmicks because I don't. <laughs> usually, usually, I don't usually really terribly. Like if I hate something, I legit hate it. Like I remember Chavo Guerrero was curl and white. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. hated that. It was, I, thought it was, I thought it was horrendous. But um, the boogeyman. <laughs> I loved it. I love the boogie bear. Like, he would just pop up in the most random places. He yeah, would, that's a good one. Yeah, he would like eat, eat the worms, come out of nowhere. I, I just thought he was fantastic. And I, it also talked about how he ate the, the thing of Julian Hall's face. Because mm-hmm. he would just pop out of nowhere. <laughs> it, I just thought it was perfect. And Hornswoggle. The little bastard. <laughs> I, I was meaning to. I've been meaning to ask you about that. How you felt about Hornswoggle? He was so hilarious. <laughs> he actually won the cruiserweight title. Did he really? I, yeah, and he re- and they, they basically retired after that point when he won the title. Vicky Guerrero took the title off of him. Yeah, that was one. And I'm trying to think of some more, but I really can't because there's nothing that actually had a guilty pleasure. If I hated, I hate. Like I remember three count. They were horrible. <laughs> they were so bad. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there Coco Beware I loved, <laughs> uh, but that was way back in the day. 
Uh, yeah, th- I think that's everything I got like right off the top of my head now. I feel like there's one I'm forgetting, and if I remember, I'll mention it on the show. I have me. one, but I think it was pretty over the hurricane. That's a good one, though. I think it was. I think it was. I, I definitely I didn't remember over. how over it was. I didn't remember how over it was at all. Uh, is there anything else? I like. I want to feel really. It's killing me that there's one I'm forgetting. And in latter, when he was leaving WWE, Lance Storm had this hip hop gimmick <laughs> where he was dancing doing the Cabbage Patch. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. I found it hysterical. <laughs> yeah, there were some gimmicks I thought about that weren't like big acts, but like sexual chocolate. That obviously was over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's everything I got. Yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm trying to think. I never actually terribly hated everything. I'm trying to think of things I actually like appreciated. I thought was just was just funny, mm-hmm. but. Let's on the cabbage patch. Priceless. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember that, but I could see that being priceless. <laughs> Especially the guy known for having no personality or anything. So I'm sure that that was very funny. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I got another one, but I think I think it was over too. Um, the whole Matt Hardy version of one thing. Yeah, with, you do love that with Mattitude and um, his MFers, his mm. Mattitude followers. <laughs> If Eric was here, he would tell you that it wasn't as over as you think it was. <laughs> and but the, and the, really Matt, the Matt facts <laughs> yeah. on a side of screen, that was fantastic. Who's doing the facts better, him or Chad Hawkins? <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Not even a contest. Not even a contest. No, I, I only was asking to be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that everything we had question-wise? That's it. All right, if that's everything we have question-wise, I guess we can go ahead and bring in our guest. So, joining us to make the selections in the first round of the second-ever March Mania tournament is good friend of the show, Derek McCauley, uh, who will be in just a few short weeks uh, starting a another show under the Matt Madness banner. Would you like to tell people what it's going to be called? Yes, sir. It is Falls Count Anywhere podcast. Just as Farouk and Bradshaw were the APA, <laughs> me and Rusty are going to be the FCA, Falls Count Anywhere podcast service, with a premier podcast located exclusively only on the Matt Madness Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah. No, not zero we, nine nine model. <laughs> well for only nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's it. But yes, it'll be it'll be to. Yeah, it'll be great to have you and Russ D on the air. Uh, we look forward to getting you guys in here to talk with us soon. It's going to be great, too, because it'll be an addendum. It'll be an add-on to your program, whereas you guys do such a great job breaking down Raw and SmackDown primarily with a little bit of NXT sprinkled in there. Me and Russ will take, will take over NXT a little bit. We'll do 205 Live. And then for all you indie wrestling fans out there, we're going to be diving into Lucha Underground, which is now moving into, I believe, its fourth season. Yeah, the first so, two yeah. seasons. The first two seasons are going to be on Netflix either next week or the week after that. So you can catch up on that there. I know I will be to start. <laughs> uh, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, and Ring of Honor Wrestling. So we're going to basically just have a one-on-one conversation about the recent goings-on with each of those companies, including 205 Live and NXT. Now, will Gary Diutolo be making an appearance on here anywhere? As often as possible. Okay, good. We'll bring on the icon. We'll bring him on sparingly. We'll bring him on sparingly, so I'll backtrack a little bit. because He's like Hogan in the 80s. You don't want him on every show. You want to have him come in and wave his hand and say hi to the kids and kiss some babies. I believe he's been in a porno then, too. Exactly. Not yet. No, not yet. I don't know if he's working on it, though. Yeah. That's Terry Belea, brother. No, we can't have Gary coming in and just outshining us on the show every time. You're right. I think it's good to use them sparingly. 
I'm, I just feel so happy that Derek thinks we do a good job reviewing Raw. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. somebody has to. Yeah, someone, yeah, has, yeah, to. someone has to. Yeah, I guess. Someone has to make good uh, that crap. Yeah, hopefully we're the men for the job. But the first pick will go to guest Derek McCauley. You get Can't the wait. number 116. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, against the Wolverine, Chris Benoit. Wow. Yeah, it's a tough I mean, one right I mean, out of the, the shoot. Pick, I mean, the pick's easy. I think we would know me. where Vince I mean, wants you to go with know, this. Knowing our fanhood for Shawn Michaels, it is going to be Shawn Michaels, whether we were doing the booking or just who I would want to win. But <laughs> it does kind of suck to see Benoit leave so early. He was yeah. my favorite. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, like going to SmackDown in 2005, 2006. I think I told you before I was at mm-hmm. the SmackDown when Batista gave up the world title. Yes. And everything. I brought a sign that said Benoit is for real. <laughs> How old were you? I was probably like 13, okay. 14 years old. So you weren't but quite I, young enough to be drinking Capri Sun like Alo would have been exactly. watching some of these throwback shows. But you were you were a youngster. Exactly. Capri Sun's <laughs> high seeds. You got like those, uh, the ectoplasma ones for yeah. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ecto coolers. Exact ecto coolers. No exactly. shortage of fruity soft drinks. <laughs> thank, thank you, disembodied voice. Who I don't know who that is. Any any time. Yeah, Joey. They call me Johnny. <laughs> Joey. But yeah, it's so much. Second pick. Yes, sir. The Demon Finn Balor against Cactus Jack. Another interesting matchup, but if I had to go specifically who I wanted to win this, I'd go Finn Balor. All right, oh. Finn moves on. Epic showdown for round two. It's all right. Foley will get two more chances. Yeah, he will. <laughs> uh, Alo, Brett the Hitman Hart against Bob Backlund. The Hitman. All right. I believe. Poor Bob. <laughs> did the Hitman beat Bob Backlund for a title at one no, time, Bob or was Backlund, that Diesel? No, Bob Backlund Bob beat, Backlund beat Brett, Brett. Hart. And then Diesel beat Bob Backlund. Diesel beat Okay. Yeah, and Diesel came out and just <clears throat> jackknifed him in like 12 seconds. <laughs> Uh, he Goldberg. Yeah, all right. So it's me. I got Ric Flair and Sting. Uh, I'll take Ric Flair. And that brings us right back around to Derek. Dude, we're you, losing you a got, lot of big names quick. We are. You got Sting's going. You got the marquee matchup that you brought up to me the other day. Number six seed CM Punk ah. against 11 seed Georgie Animal Steel. See, like, I know that you did this on purpose. I know it wasn't <laughs> just because I was the guest on the show. Because I texted Ron, and I was just like, <laughs> This poor bastard, George, George the Animal Steel. It's like R.I.P. Recently deceased, and now he has to face CM Punk. I'm wearing a Cub shirt. You are. It, I mean, it's not even a question. Punk wins. All right, that's about what I thought, Joey. Poor George. Yeah. What's up? Uh, Bruno Sammartino versus Kane. Depends what kind of incarnation of Kane we're going with, but uh, we're, we're looking for some. We're looking for some for, for interesting calls here. I'm going Kane. Wow, Kane over Bruno. The Italians are weeping. Gary is losing pick. his mind right he now. He is. Ga- I, 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 we may want Gary to not even listen to the show now. Oh, no, he would have tuned it out already. <laughs> Good thing it's going to be on at the end. <laughs> um, let's see. We have Alo picking The Miz oh. against Daniel Bryan. 7-10. Hmm. I wish I got this one. <laughs> I honestly don't know who to pick. Uh, it's a tough one. You know what? Are you going to do it? Wow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so Daniel Bryan and Archie. Shout out, Eric. Has now become like <laughs> that was UCLA. For him. Yeah, they become like UCLA in the 90s, Villanova in the 90s, high seed losing in the first <laughs> losing, round losing every early. year. Yeah. Wait, so Alo, was that basically your version of the fe- Friendship Festival? 
<laughs> it felt that was like you, it. That was you turning on Eric. Like no. you gave him, a, you gave him a list, and you just had the list. It was Brian and Miz, and you crossed out Brian, and he just looked at it and you attacked him. No, he doesn't like Daniel Bryan that much anyway. But really? Yeah, but I just, I just want, I just had to get the Miz, Miz advancing. <laughs> yeah, it, it wow. felt a little bit like the Festival of Friendship to me. That's. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, I get the number two seed, The Rock against Ron Simmons. I want to shake this thing up a little bit. I don't know if I can right that, here. That'd be a hell of a You're shame. not going to pick Ron Simmons. <laughs> but damn, I'm picking Ron Simmons. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Is this Nation of Domination Rock or Current Rock where uh, Farouk would still be there and then Rock would go and do a movie? We're, we're saying this is part-timer Rock. Okay, I believe it that he could just lose and then leave. Yeah. Do G.I. Joe 8 or something. Yeah, I... Uh, I had been I, as soon as I saw I was going to get this matchup. I had been thinking about whether I had the uh, had the stones to pull the trigger on it, but I had. I think to. actually it's the Mummy nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you had the testicular fortitude, yes, and, as they would say in two thousand two. Yes, and I did. Uh, so Derek, back to you. Another one sixteen. The Macho Man Randy Savage against show favorite D'Lo Brown. Are you kidding me? No. Okay. Macho. <laughs> <laughs> Get D'Lo Brown out of this tournament. All right, D'Lo's gone. Damn, does that hurt? Yeah. Does that hurt your cousin? <laughs> yeah, Halo's not happy right now. Him and his head waggle. <laughs> that weird thing that he would do. Joey, Owen Hart, the eight seed against number nine, Rey Mysterio. Which nugget do I go here? I'm, uh, I'm going to go Owen. Owen takes out Ray. People will not Falls be happy the about that either. Ray Mysterio for the pin. Yikes! <laughs> Somehow, now I promise you, I did not strategically pick the order we were going to do this, but this one fell right into our laps. Alo gets the number five seed, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, against the referee he paid to get plastic surgery to take the title off of Hulk Hogan, Earl Hebner. <laughs> Alo How was Earl Abner in this tournament? He was he was basically put in here solely because Alo hates him. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were going to say it was Million Dollar Man versus Virgil. No, but that would have been great too. Ted DiBiase, senior, junior, it doesn't matter. The third, the fourth, the fifth, it doesn't matter. They all beat Earl Abner. <laughs> all right, goes to me, Mr. Perfect against Vader. Tough matchup, but I got to go with Mr. Perfect, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Derek, another interesting matchup around to you. Number six seed, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against the 11 seed, the Iron Sheik. Old school matchup. A nice old school matchup. I'm going to make Gary proud. Give me the dragon. (laughs) I like it. Arm drags for days. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great deep, deep arm drag. Oh, Becky does great arm drags. She does. Um, Joe, you got number three seed, Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. About damn time. Against number 14 seed, Kevin Owens. KO. Wow, Rick Rude out. Kevin (laughs) Owens advances. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even have to think about it. (laughs) It's like, Rick, we have great news and bad news. What is it? I'm going in the Hall of Fame. What's the bad news? You're out of the tournament in the first round. First round, as as a heavy favorite. Damn. Uh, Halo, number seven seed, Rob Van Dam against number 10, the Dynamite Kid. RVD. RVD moves on. Goes to me. Number two, Kurt Angle against number 15, Sasha Banks. 
champion from last <laughs> year. Our defending champion, our Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, moves on. I apologize, Sasha, but I held my breath for that one. I can't do that to Kurt Angle. See, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that we were including the women in the yeah, tournament. Well, we've had one woman in each of the last two years, and it's been Sasha Banks. <laughs> a little bit of corruption on my part. See, like, <laughs> you say. should you should have made it Sasha versus Eddie. <laughs> I, I almost did it, um, but I, I didn't have the heart to put those two up against each other. So it goes back to you, Derek. Uh, Y2J, Chris Jericho against Thunder Liger. Oh, I love both of those guys, <laughs> and that's an awesome Japan oh, matchup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't I can't go against Jericho. As, it's it's Jericho. Yeah, you made the right call. I feel it's uh, good that it's good that Liger made the list though. Yeah, I was he, des- happy he deserves to be on more people's lists as far as wrestlers go. The dude's been doing it forever. He does. He snuck in. He was the number sixty three overall seed, but he got what in is, there. What is Liger? Liger's like isn't Liger in his fifties? Yeah, he's like fifty one years old. Yeah, he's not point. not a young guy, but he had a he match just, in NXT. Yeah, he's still working. He had that <laughs> match with Breeze. Yeah. Uh, Joey, back around to you. Number eight seed, Dusty Rhodes, against number nine, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Eight versus nine, close matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Dusty, the American dream. Wow. Good stuff. I'm pretty sure Scott Hall made a run last year. The American dream didn't. Maybe he has a chance this year. Uh, Alo, Booker T against Booker Eric Trippicki's favorite, Booker Marty Gennetti. Marty Gennetti. <laughs> Don't you hear the rockers music in the background? Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Booker T moves on. Uh, goes to me. I thought for sure it was Marty. I thought it might happen too. He picked the Miz already, so why not just okay. double down and take Janetti? Um, Sorry, Paul. <laughs> we have John Cena and Kenny Omega. Wow, Omega made it too. He did. Nice. Um, I have to take John Cena. I can't see him go out. As much yeah, as I want fine. to pick upsets, Cena deserves it. That brings That'd be back. a hell of a match, though. It would be, and that's a Cena match Cena said he was looking for. He said he wanted to have that match. Yeah, he um, was also trolling hard as hell on Instagram yeah, he leading up to was. the Rumble. That was right <laughs> after Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yeah, he started posting pictures of Kenny Omega. Uh, comes back around to you, Derek. This is going to be another tough one for you. Another They've 6-11. all been tough so far. AJ Styles against Nakamura. Oh, dude, that's not even fair. <laughs> Come on now. Like, how's that uh, a first-round matchup? Give me Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. All right. Joey, Triple H versus Seth. Could be a possible WrestleMania matchup. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Seth Rollins. Wow, the king, the king of kings is gone. Alo, not happy. Alo, Alo, and then Jake the Snake against Jay Lethal. <sighs> I'm gonna have to inject Damien with. The lethal injection. <laughs> so Lethal moves on. Jake is out. He's gonna hit the snake with it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I would love to see him in a snake with the lethal jam. Damn. <laughs> number one, number two seed Hulk Hogan against number number fifteen X Pac. Oh Jesus! <laughs> X Pac has some heat with Hogan. I remember him uh, saying Hogan couldn't cut the mustard on his first promo back in WWE. Do I go with another fifteen over a two? I'm like, now nah, Ho- nah, Hogan remembered that brother. He's getting that big boot. Yeah, he is. Um. 
You know what? I haven't forgiven Hulk Hogan yet, so I'm going X-Pac. Damn. <laughs> Derek, back around to you. The Undertaker against ECW legend Sandman. Side note, now I know Gary's not listening anymore. <laughs> X-Pac just beat Hulk Hogan. Uh, okay, what was it? Sandman versus... Sandman against number one seed Undertaker. Oh, it's the Undertaker. That's the battle with two amazing entrances, though. Oh, yeah. The entrances yeah. Are, are half that, the pay-per-view. Yeah, that match would not start for ten minutes. <laughs> Only ten? At least, yeah. Sam, Well, Sandman would have to get himself busted open and motorboat at least one woman first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How and many, have at least four beers. How many beers does he need? Four? Three or four? four beers during that entrance, I would guess. Um, Joey, we got another 8-9 for you. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, against the Junkyard Dog. Which is my favorite dog in this fight. I'm going to uh, go British. Oh, man, I wanted JYD to make a run, too. Joey had an idea to give everyone one wild card in the tournament. I totally forgot about it until just now that I'm wishing I had it. Yeah, could have dropped your wild card. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have Ayla with the number five against number 12. Andre the Giant against Goldberg. <laughs> Don't do it to Andre. Don't do this. <laughs> Andre deserves it. Andre. All right. <laughs> they're, they're not. Nobody's making a 30 for 30 about Goldberg. No, they're not. You're right. Um, they make it 30 seconds or less for gold. <laughs> so it comes back around to me, Edge and Dude Love. Um, oh, Foley again. Yeah, as much as I, I knew, love... I knew he was coming back. As much as I love to put Dude Love through, I like Edge way too much to pick against him. Uh, so is Mick, is Mick Foley in the tournament? Mick Foley, I don't believe is. No Damn, okay. Um... Derek, back around to you. We're into the last quadrant of the bracket. You get number six, Roddy Piper, against number 11, China. Ah, it's Piper. It's a nice one in the world. I'm, I'm going to keep pushing Piper as far as I can get him. Oh, yeah, he, he deserves it. Um, he's the man. You yeah. know he's on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, he was. I think he was your number two on your on your. He's number four. List. Four, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, he's, he's on there. Yeah, he's high up for you. I, I do know that. Um, Joey, Eddie Guerrero against Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Mr. Sexy, are you going to pick Big Sexy? Or I don't like pick... the competition. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to lie, cheat, and steal. Eddie, Eddie moves on. All right, Eddie Guerrero. I thought for sure Nash had that one in the bag. <laughs> I wasn't sure where it was going. Um, <laughs> Alo, number 710. Bam Bam Bigelow against the Beast it's Incarnate the Brock Lesnar. Bam Bam. Wow, Lester good shit. And Goldberg. Bam Bam wow. represent. Bam Bam. All right, and it comes around to me. Two fifteen. Stone Cold Steve Austin against the Viper Randy Orton. No brainer. Stone Cold Steve Austin. It would be a fun match. Very similar finishers. You could see exactly how that match would end too, because Orton would go for the RKO. He would throw him off. He'd stand up, stun the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely end in a stunner. Stone Cold definitely gets the win. That does it for the first round. Let me run down real quick who our final 32 are. We have the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Finn Balor, Brett the Hitman Hart, Ric Flair, CM Punk, Kane, Miz, Ron Simmons. I'll get a lot of Miz and Ron one, probably. Simmons. <laughs> we have the Macho Man going up against Owen Hart, DiBiase against Mr. Perfect. We have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Kevin Owens. Rob Van Dam against Kurt Angle. 
uh, going to the right side of the bracket. Y2J against Dusty. Booker T against John Cena. Shinsuke Nakamura against Seth Rollins. Jay Lethal against X-Pac. The Undertaker against the British Bulldog. Andre the Giant against Edge. Rowdy Roddy Piper against Eddie Guerrero. And Bam Bam Bigelow against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Some good matchups. Yeah, I will say right now the final 32 could not get much more different than our final 32 was last year. Wait, you mean you mean you didn't have Miz versus Ron Simmons in the well, second round? Not even close. Yeah, not shocking really. as it is to believe, it was not even close to that. And we um, didn't have Xbox dude, versus shit. Jay Lethal if, either. If Nakamura ends up winning this, he's definitely going to be the guy who has the hardest oh, way yeah. to get to the finals. He does. Like he he had to get through Styles, and now he's got Rollins in the second round. Yeah, and if he wins that, well, if he wins that, he's got either Lethal or Xbox. He's basically going through the two most athletic guys on the roster. Yeah, back and to have back. to get through either Cena or Jericho to make the most final likely, four. Most likely. Jesus. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. And, yeah, on that side of the bracket, he's probably going to run into either The Undertaker or Stone Cold. <laughs> I may be projecting too far ahead. Wow. Because uh, I don't nah, think you can, anyone... No, nah, you can never project too far ahead with Nakamura. <laughs> You're right. I, I Nakamura is destined chance. for greatness, whatever he does. Well, he won our Royal Rumble uh, match that we did on the show, so now he's got. He's a, looking to go two for two. Yeah, which he's got every opportunity to. Um, Derek, we want to thank you for coming on and taking part in the first round. I know you had been wanting to jump in on one of these for a while. Oh um, yeah, absolutely, man. I I listened to the special last year, and I was just listening to the reruns and stuff like that. I was just <laughs> like, damn, I got to get involved in this. <laughs> Because yeah. it look, it's such a cool concept. Whenever March comes around, that's the number one thing anybody does is create their own bracket. Yeah, I, I think we're – ALO's got usually an idea for every month. We haven't done one in a while. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get you involved in these things more often. If not once a month, maybe you know, bi-monthly, but I guess we'll see. What do you mean by like ideas per month? He's got an idea for like a bracket to do. Like we did U.S. champions. We did a women's okay. bracket. We did – Tag teams. What else do we do, Ayla? Um, cruiserweights. I think that was all of them. That was all of them? Yeah, we haven't okay. been in a while. Gotcha. I, th- yeah. I thought you were going, like, month-specific, like April was going to be, like, an egg hunt. Oh, no, no. Something. Yeah, the Easter egg hunt. The, the rest yeah. Of the Easter egg we hunt. go outside the studio and we look for eggs. I'm not going to lie. That's not a bad idea. And whatever egg you found <laughs> with the name in it, that's the who saw it? Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll have to, to think of the logistics of doing a wrestler Easter egg hunt. <laughs> yeah, well, you could. Well, that's how you could seed the bracket. You have thirty-two eggs. You each go and grab them. You open them up, and then that's how you seed the bracket. Um, I like this. Completely randomized. Keep keep this in mind because I, I definitely like the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just an idea with Easter coming up might as well. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why not to make it a little festive. <laughs> but Derek, one more time, if you want to, if you want to plug your upcoming show, I believe it's just one month away. Uh, yeah, roughly a month away. Right after WrestleMania, we should have the first recording. We'll be putting it up as soon as we possibly can, obviously, on exclusively on the Matt Madness <laughs> Wrestling Podcast Network. Free it's, a mouth, it's a mouthful, but nine ninety nine. <laughs> and that is the Falls Count Anywhere podcast. Myself, Derek McCauley, your host with the most, along with my good friend, Russ D., Russell D'Agostino. We're going to be breaking down independent wrestling's finest, talking about it, dishing about it, saying what we like, what we don't like, and we're going to bring it to the masses, connected with the fine folks 
over at Matt Madness. And now when everybody's going crazy about Wrestle Kingdom next January, somebody will actually be talking about it as opposed to we'll, we'll actually as be opposed discussing to not it. acknowledging it. Some people some people in the tournament. I know that me and Russ wrote in people like Liger and Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. We wanted to write in people like Tanahashi and Okada <laughs> and people like that, but we knew that we had to lay off a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, we'll was, save that for our show. I was very proud of the restraint you guys showed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew. We didn't want to overflood it. <laughs> yeah, because we would add a bunch of guys we've never mentioned on the show before. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, who's this Okada guy beat Rowdy Roddy Piper? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, though. So, Derek, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing from you guys in the future. Uh, for... Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermill. Living Lodge. For the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bangor, Maine, until someone from the state <laughs> downloads our podcast. <laughs> I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans marking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.